Hey guys, I'm Bert with Dabbing with Washington Artists. The idea is simple. We have six dabs and six questions. So sit back, light your torches, as we sit down and interview the artists that make Washington, Washington. Hi, we are from the Royal Angels um, Burlesque and Drag Troupe. I am Lexi on Hell Royale Issues. And I am Curvy Cake Royale. Also, sometimes I'm Russell Robert Royale. Um, you can find us on Facebook at, uh, in our group that is called the Royal Angels and Angel Food Cake Shows. Um, also, if you just look up Royal Angels or Piccadilly Circus on Facebook, um, we do our shows in Snohomish, Washington at Piccadilly Circus, and our upcoming shows are going to be on October 27th. We have the Nightmare on First Street Horror Halloween Show, November 17th, Denim and Glitter 2, the Deniming, another early 2000s show because I can't leave. And on December 15th, we have Snow Angels, a celebration of winter, holidays, and also Maria Gonorrhea's birthday. So, yeah, we are on Facebook, Piccadilly Circus and Royal Angels is where you can find our events. For today's series of dabs, we will begin our smoke session with a Gorilla Glue, a Grape Derps, and a Sugar Tax, and we will round out the session with the Frosted Cherry Cookies, a Maui Wowie, and a Family Jewels. Thank you guys for joining us today on Dabbing with Washington Artists. Uh, today we are joined by uh, Lexi on Hell and Kirby Cake. Yeah. Love the names. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Um, our first dab for the day is a classic. It's uh, Gorilla Glue number four. Oh, hell yeah. Gorilla Glue is a hybrid strain that hits like an indica and is known for its couch lock effects and tendency to leave the smoker in a haze. We found a gram of this buttery wax at a shop on Evergreen Way in Everett. So the first thing we like to ask everybody when they come onto our show is, uh, what role does cannabis play in your guys' creative process? Oh, it plays a <laughs> huge role. We have done multiple 420 themed shows. We, oh, nice. One of yeah. them, um, one of the performers even made, like, you know, burlesque performers use giant feather fans, and she made took fake pot leaves and made giant fans, and it was amazing. That's great. But it always has to do with my creative process, my makeup looks, my just different, as I create each act and each performance, I always, there's always some sort of getting high that helps me create that. <laughs> and, how, and how about you? Uh, it plays a big role. Like, I tend to get a lot of anxiety getting on stage, so just sure. being able to chill out before and get myself just focus Absolutely. on my act. Kind of messes up socializing, but, you know, I have fun. I mean, when you're preparing to get on stage, though, I mean, you got to get into your zone, right? right? You know? It's like, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it just as much as the audience enjoys it. Absolutely. Probably more. 
<laughs> and do you uh, do you have preferences towards like indicas or sativas, or do you have like a favorite strain that you guys really like? Um, I'm very big into sativas. My favorite okay. is Alaskan Thunderfuck because I feel ah. like I can do the most, especially. <laughs> Anything upbeat or like hip hop or R and B, if I get some Alaska in me, I can just dance for hours. Hell yeah. And then Tangy and Sour Tangy are the other favorites. I rarely Mm. prefer an indica, but if I do an indica, I like purple Hindu Kush. Nice. And do you have have any favorites as well? Or preferences for when you're performing? For performing, I prefer sativas. Mm. I don't particularly have a specific strain i usually have a vape pen with okay. flavors <laughs> oh hey, those are nice oh those are perfect they're actually. convenient no one has to smell the skunk outside the venues exactly <laughs> when you had the um the vape pen that the flavor was like i think red bull flavor oh, i feel like that was one of the best ones when we were doing shows and like when we had to tour around to a lot of places just mm-hmm. be outside <laughs> With the Red Bull vape pen. Yeah. That was probably one of your best. Um, what are those 420 shows like? Like, what uh, what goes on? Is it just more of a theme? Or yeah, like... we like to... Yeah, because we can't legally smoke inside any venues right. that we perform at. Um, we, we smoke outside, but we have to, like, go a certain amount of distance from the door, mm-hmm. and, you know. So it's one of those things most people know a lot of the performers smoke, but it's still one of those things where... We still have to follow certain protocol and rules, but we'll do a lot of 420 themed shows at least. Well, we were doing it at least once a year and then the pandemic hit, but hopefully we'll start bringing it back. But we do a show where everyone just based their acts around 420 in some way. And I I just have pot leaf pasties, so I'm always in a custom made bikini and stuff where I'm like always looking for an excuse to bring out all my pot leaf stuff. But... <laughs> It definitely is so cool to see what the different performers bring out of it because it's like I come up with these themes thinking this is something I could do and is probably something that everyone else will like. And then when I see what everyone else does for their acts, I'm always just blown away by how good and how different their creative process and their connection to the theme was. All right. So the next one we've got coming up here are some Grape Derps. Grape Derps is a sativa-dominant hybrid that is known for its cerebral high and tendency to leave the smoker chatty and social. We scored a gram of these sugar diamonds at a shop on 156th Avenue in Marysville. Washington influenced your uh, performance style? Um, I think it definitely has heavily, especially with um, Dragon Burlesque. The scene in the Pacific Northwest is so different than the scene in other states. When I've gone to other states and I'm just, and they definitely have a very clear, like Texas and other places are very clear on what they think Dragon Burlesque looks like. And that's what their scene is, but. Seattle and Portland are probably the places that have the most like weird stuff, which not to say that there's a ton of that even, but Mm -hmm. like 
I love avant-garde, I love horror, I love goth, I love being stoned at all my shows, and I like being in a place where I can do all the weird types of things I like to do and partake, because when Mm -hmm. there have been, like, we were in Las Vegas, and and weed had just become legal there, and it was terrible going to the dispensaries and having to pay three times as much as I pay here and then it's like even more limited where I can and can't smoke and versus here I know I can just find a dispensary and there's not going to be ridiculous prices and I can just back into an alley or something where I'm not in front of a business and no one's offended (laughs) Mm -hmm. how how about you you, have you done a lot of this travel and have you this, for the same reasons that I really like to do weird stuff with my acts. I like to do stuff the audience isn't expecting. I've done an entire act where I come out as a hobbit and transform into Gollum on stage. <laughs> it's, like, it's, the be- it's the best ever burlesque reveal because usually a reveal is going to be like something sexy like pasties or a thong or something uh-huh. but she strips down to the loincloth and it's like binded <laughs> and you know look, staggering and then turns and takes the wig and veneer off and the teeth are blacked out so the look on the audience's face <laughs> that is so awesome. turns around is Gollum. Everyone's just like <gasps> like even people that aren't super into Lord of the Rings, everyone everyone gets the reference. That is so great. <laughs> so I like to do weird stuff like that. Yeah, that and that's how I want to do butts, more. Right? Yes. That, that was it. Was a show that was. I, I, I'm I'm in charge of most of the stuff, but that was one where she got to be in charge, and she named the show Weird Butts. And people would be like, "What's the theme?" And I'd be like, "Just be weird butts." But I don't know what that means, and I'm like, show off your butt and weird butts. So moving on here, we have a sugar tax. <laughs> sugar tax is a Washington hybrid with a rich sugary taste that pops on the palate and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker chatty and euphoric. We scored a gram of this saucy wax at a shop in Capitol Hill. So, in addition to your core group, uh, you guys frequently perform with other artists. Um, if you could perform with anyone, uh, who would it be and why? Yeah, I I would love to go to New York and perform with some of the artists there. I had um, Glitter Macabre come from New York and perform at my last show, and they were just amazing. And I know them and their partner, Dylan Greenberg, and a lot of other, like, really just amazing artists perform over in New York. And I'm like, I would love, because I have New York on the bucket list. The bucket list is all the places the Cheetah Girls have gone. So I'm like, (laughs) New York's at the top. And I'm like, I I would love to get a lot of gigs when that New York trip eventually out. I would love to go multiple times because it seems like that's the only other place that's probably just as weird, if not more, than Seattle and Portland. Yeah, I could, I could totally believe that. <laughs> How about you? Did you have any 
Like, I know I do a lot of uh, partner acts with Lexi. Yeah. But the most fun one was, like, just pulled out of... It was pulled out of our ass. It was for a Scooby-Doo themed show. Oh, that was fun. And... I was awesome. I was doing the song Walk Like an Egyptian and my mummy canceled on me the day of the show. Oh no. And she was Fred from Scooby Doo. So in the full disco Fred outfit with the blonde wig and the ascot. <laughs> That's amazing. And so one of my friends, we were like, can you get toilet paper on the way to the show? We'll find a we need someone to fill in this spot. Uh-huh. Like, you don't even need to do choreography. You don't need to practice. You don't need to do anything. If you know the song, Walk Like an Egyptian, you can you can wing it. And so we just wrapped this. I've never met this girl before, but she's a friend of a friend. She's willing to help me with this act. So we wrap her up in toilet paper <laughs> like a mummy. And... Like, okay, so this is Scooby-Doo. I want you to chase me around this stage like it's some gimmick in any Scooby-Doo show. Because there's always that chase scene. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's going to be the unraveling of (laughs) the mummy. But it's just like toilet paper, no choreography, no... I've never met her before the day of the show. And Larice pulled through for me, like... Everyone loved that act. It turned out to be one of Russell's most iconic acts. That's awesome. Yeah, like, and yeah, and I, I really love that Larice. Um, she's actually an uh, actress. She doesn't really perform drag and burlesque, but she is a performer that just was coming to the show with a friend and was like, "Sure, I'll I'll take a slot." Because that, and then she did it. And then at the end, I'm like, "So you know that was a paid spot, right?" And she's like. I did not, but at the moment I'm unemployed, and I'm like, then this worked out. <laughs> so I was I was really glad that she came and did that, and that it was kind of, and we we have a bunch of pictures from that show too. We actually had because we had Trinity taking pictures, yeah, we had Trinity taking pictures, and then Darius took pictures, which I didn't know until after the show. But he was sitting in the DJ booth, so half the pictures are just performers' backs, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are at the uh, halfway point. Um, how are you, how are you two feeling so far? Yeah, good. Yeah, excellent. Well, we're gonna move on with some frosted cherry cookies. I actually really like these ones. They uh, they taste really good. Frosted cherry cookies is an indica dominant hybrid with a crisp cherry and baked goods taste, and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker sedated without feeling sleepy or couch locked. We scored a gram of these saucy diamonds at a shop on Evergreen Way in Everett. So, uh... Are there any uh, burlesque or performance troops that have inspired you or influenced your performance, and uh, and how? I know at um, I, I don't I don't think this troupe is still around, but I know a lot of the performers still perform different places. But um, at the Unicorn in Seattle, there used to be a troupe called House of Glitter Beast, 
And they did some really, really well done shows. Like there was one that was like the Yellow Submarine and there was one that was like the Bath Salts show where <laughs> and it ended with um, a queen named Helen Tragedy doing bath salts on stage and or pretending, you know, hopefully. And then um, <laughs> killing and eating the face off of another performer. Nice. And I think that I, I think that was fake, but I, I, I haven't seen that performer since then, so I always wonder. <laughs> like, I wonder whatever happened to her. But um, And then House of Shade used to be one at Bar Mix and Everett yes. way back in the day, and that was um, London Bradshaw was and Kelly Hunt were the main ones that ran the House of Shade and um London still does a lot of shows in Seattle. I know she's doing some this month, one that's called Weird that is I think just really weird, interesting acts. And then um the other one is called I think Noir and it's an all black cast. Okay. And I think she does those at Kremwork if I'm remembering correctly. But I just when but there was a certain cast they had, this group of people at and they get these random special guests that I haven't seen most of them since then. So I'm always like, where did they come from? They they found like obscure performers and I'd be like obsessed with these acts I saw and talk about them for months. Like I'd go to all these shows at Bar Mix and then I'd be smoking with my friends the next day and be like, okay, so then London threw a cake at the audience and then jumped on me and grabbed my boobs and smeared cake. <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh, and I'm like, I know none of that is probably appropriate in this day and age or will happen again, but um, it was fun and it inspires me to think, how can I give similar feelings of shock and gasp to the audience Absolutely. while still maintaining a boundary from them? Because COVID, now I can't touch the audience. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so moving on, now we have a classic. Uh, this one is a Maui Wowie. Maui Wowie is a classic sativa dominant strain with hints of earthiness, pineapple, and lemon, and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker chatty and creative. We scored a gram of the sugar wax at a shop on 88th Avenue in Bellingham. Now we're getting into some sativa action here, so <laughs> kind of start bringing this back on the up rise here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so uh, do you guys view your troop as having a social commentary or as a means of conveying a message? Um, or is it more, you know, for entertainment and expression? Um, for me, kind of the reason for building the troop was to kind of it's for, I wanted a place where everyone could be themselves and express themselves. I wanted to give a stage to people that maybe couldn't find stages because they didn't have experience or people just didn't know them because they were new. And I kind of started to cultivate this environment where it was like anyone who didn't really have a place in the community and wanted friends and wanted things to do was like, these are events we can come to. And then it's like, and can we, can we be a part of it? And it's like, I, I get people to start volunteering with me and, or, and they sometimes become performers. Sometimes people just come and they just come to every show and they always want to be a part of it because they're like, this is where all my friends are. This is where the fun people are. And I'm like, 
really us and before pre-pandemic we had after parties where we would stay out all night and like I'd drink trash cans and we'd all eat fried pickles and sing karaoke together and it was this whole thing but I'm like we're still I'm, I'm still don't have all the energy I had pre-pandemics and it's just harder to do things so yeah. I'm like we're easing back, but I want eventually for it to be a place where some of us are hanging out till 2 a.m. sometimes and mm-hmm. just having a place for the weird kids and the people, the young adults especially, but even old people where it's like, we just all love each other. We just all want to have fun. The goal every night is I want everyone here to have fun. That's a great goal. I mean, <laughs> and uh, how did you get into um doing the uh the blessed trip i've been doing burlesque for a while and i had done shows at the rendezvous in seattle for a while and when i ended that project because i that, that part of my life was over i was like all right where i, I still want to do shows and i started being like where would i feel comfortable doing shows so i did like a test run of a show at like substation a place that i performed a lot and it just I was like, this isn't the place I want to be hanging out. This isn't where I feel like I'm going to have my most stable, powerful stance. And Piccadilly Circus is right down the road from me. And it's a place I've gone since I was a child when it was still a tea room. And it was one of those. And I'm really, and I know the bartender and my friend um, DJs there sometimes. And I was just like, you know, we don't, we've never had burlesque or drag in Snohomish, but I would be at my most powerful if I was right down the street from the venue and so I could be there all the time and it wasn't a huge hassle and that I, we could like plan these things and just kind of be like, we're not going to be the fanciest, most well-paid shows in the world because we're free shows in a, on a Wednesday night in a little town, but we're going to give you a really safe space and a place where you can be yourselves and, we just kind of, I started messaging people and being like, so I'm talking to the people at Piccadilly Circus about a troupe. Would you be in? And people were like, yeah. And, you, <laughs> and, and then it's like, we just then, uh, it was like in December. And so on New Year's Eve that we had booked a show for, I think, January 19th or something. So on New Year's Eve, me and um, Felicity Fapworthy, one of the other performers, <laughs> we just got completely dressed up and hung out at Piccadilly Circus all night on New Year's Eve and just promoted it. And we were probably, you know, also just like getting drunk and hanging out with random people and all night long, you know, hugging random people and then buying shots. And one time, at one point, this guy spilled his drink on Felicity and she got him and she started yelling at him and got him to buy us both drinks. (laughs) And, but then it was like then that night of promoting and then we just worked on it and then did our show and we're like we should do this every month this works like we are we have so much fun at our shows (laughs) okay so this last one here is uh family jewels family jewels is a sativa dominant hybrid known for its tendency to leave the smoker chatty and euphoric a bud tender shop on 88th avenue in linwood recommended this strain to us
New burlesque shows have been exploding in popularity, especially in the United States over the past 30 years. Um, and a lot of these shows have broken from traditional formats to be more inclusive of uh, men, women, otherwise in the LGBTQ community. Do you see this um, as artists following social trends or do burlesque shows play a special role in directing social change? Um, I think really they're just another outlet of an art form. And I think it's important for people especially people that are minorities or in, you know, just have trouble fitting in or have stories they want to tell to be like, oh, here's a form of storytelling that I can do. I can't make movies. I can't do a YouTube channel. I can't be an actor, but I can create a five minute act that I can come to a bar and perform and share my story, whether it be comedy, whether it be pure sexy, whether it be dark or angry. I'm People want to tell stories and they're going to take an art form that's accessible to them and that they're comfortable with. And it becoming spreading through around, I think, more LGBT people and just people in all sorts of lifestyles. They just they see it as a, something they are actually able to do. And would you say that uh, the uh, added inclusivity has made things more fun just in general? I mean, I think so. I think maybe it wasn't as popular for a long time because people thought it was boring. They thought it was something you had to do one thing and that was all you could do. And if you, you know, and that was expensive and hard and classical or whatever. But when people start realizing that it can be anything, and that you it, you know it it just makes it so many more people are suddenly interested cuz they're like oh so it's not just old show tunes <laughs> there there's one with metal music there's one with rap there's you know they they see all the different acts and are just like i can relate to these art forms hey guys thank you so much for watching remember to hit like or follow and uh, share with your friends Bye! <laughs>